better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Mm. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. You'll get 10 bucks off your next order. Kyle, happy hump day to you. Did I hear you correctly say that Built Bar is back? Built Bar is back oh, and better baby. than ever before. Num, 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 num. Yeah. So is Hard Knocks. Yes, it was. So we watched Hard Knocks last night, both you and I, and, and um, I usually watch it tonight because my wife goes to bed at 8.45 every night. And, uh, but she's off work today. So she stayed up late and we watched Hard Knocks. And she made it the whole time. Wait, first of all, she no, made it she, didn't make, she didn't know. Okay. She didn't. Right. She fell asleep for the second. She, she was all like captivated by Rex Ryan's kid testing positive for COVID. And then she fell asleep for the part where they said he had false positive. Oh man. So she woke up and I'm like, Hey coach, coach Ryan had a false positive. She's like, Oh really? Can we go back? And I'm like, no, it's 1115. I'm going to bed. <laughs> So I'll probably watch the second up, ready to I'll watch probably, it. I'll probably, watch, I'll probably watch the second half hard knocks again today at some point. It's like you with Game of Thrones and you watch like every episode. Yeah, every twice every episode two and a half times. Because I watched it myself and then I started to watch it with her and she fell asleep, so I turned it off. And then we had to start from the beginning because she's not good with the characters. <laughs> so I've seen every episode of Game of Thrones two and a half times. How happy do you think I was to see Rex Ryan on my TV screen last night? Thrilled. Mm. To be fair, if they were going to put a Rex Ryan clip on, let's go have a goddamn snack has to be at the top of the list, right? Yes. And I don't think any of those clips I saw him in red, white, and blue. So it was fine. You know what stood out to me watching Hard Knocks? What's that? If I'm Andrew Whitworth, I don't know how happy I am that they portrayed me the way that, that they did <laughs> with him on non-contact phase one practice reps groaning coming out of his kick slide without contact. Now, granted, 15 years of playing at the NFL level takes its toll. Yeah. And Sean McVay's joke was super harsh. <laughs> 40, he's entering his 40th <laughs> yeah, season. That's the reason why Witt's entering his 40th year in the league. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I can't imagine, man. It's like, I'm 30 years old. I stopped playing football at 22 and I still can't get out of bed without groaning. I can't imagine playing 15 years, but like, it's, it was pretty eye opening for me to see like, man, like he'll get it down and like, he'll play this season and he'll probably be good because he's that good. But this dude's trying to do a pass set on air. And he's coming out of the back end of it, and he's groaning, kind of limping a little bit. Kyle, uh, he's been in the league since 2006. How many games do you think he actually missed for injury? I'll say 10. Nine. 211 starts. That's incredible, man. Since 2006 at left tackle. And I played two seasons at guard for the, the Bengals, 2007-2008. But the model of consistency, I mean, yeah, uh, freaking unbelievable. And, and you said he played in at guard two years? Yeah, second and third year he played left and guard. And that even makes his advice to Tremaine Ankrum yesterday so much more cool. 
because Tremaine yep. Ankrum, obviously a rookie this year, and he's talking about how much faster it is inside and like, because he played there for two years before playing outside. He's got a little bit of a sampling of both. And I thought that was one of the really cool themes of the whole show yesterday was the mentorship that you saw some of the players taking with younger guys. Yeah. Aaron Donald and, and Andrew Whitworth, which keeping it on Whitworth here for a moment, I just, I think that is such a lost piece of the conversation because we scout these offensive linemen and everyone is so ready to just slide them all over the place, right. To fit whatever spot the team has an opening. And, and I think to some degree versatility really does matter, but we can't underestimate those transitions and what goes into them and, and how difficult it is and being cross-trained at multiple spots because while it is offensive line, playing guard and tackle is – they're just different spots. Like Whitworth said, it's – the action happens quicker. And so you automatically think, okay, let's put this blobby, slow-footed guy at guard. Okay, yeah, sure, go do that. Now he's going to have to re- respond quicker because he doesn't have that type of space to – Uh, just get himself set up so there's some differences there I even heard an offensive line coach one time say that there there can be too much length for an interior player absolutely so I mean there's just some layers that like you could take that little point that they gave and really break it down and and realize and and appreciate some of those those versatile guys that could play inside now yeah I think a a good lesson here Joe uh, applying it to the team I know best and, and is nearest and dearest to my heart is I just was on uh, WQAM in South Florida with Joe Rosho this morning. They were asking me about Michael Dieter. And Dieter played left guard, started 15 games, was very up and down, didn't look very good. Um, but you tried to put it through the lens of, well, he's a young guy, and he'd been cross-trained at center, tackle, and guard throughout the course of his career at Wisconsin. And then playing left guard and having turnstiled next to him on either side of him wasn't an environment for success. Well, now they've kicked him to center and he's competing with Ted Karras for the starting center job. And there were two muff set snaps yesterday. And then you, you think about the rest of the puzzle pieces and how it's all going to fit together for Miami. It's like, man, like Michael might be a, a, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And you know, that really caught me when you said that versatility is a good thing, but that cross training can be problematic. And, Dolphins don't have any experienced veteran offensive linemen to help coach up and give tips. You know, they got an offensive line coach, but they fired their offensive line coach last year in training camp, two weeks into camp, and then brought somebody in. And then they fired him, and now they have their third offensive line coach in 12 months. So, you know, it's, it, there's always these kinds of layers to offensive line. And so I really enjoyed hearing Witt kind of talk with a young guy there. That was really cool. And just kind of gaining an appreciation for just like how important the technique stuff is. When you're talking, listening to Aaron Donald talk to some of his teammates about just like just a certain way to leverage your hips and the angle in which you thrust your hands. It's like, do you realize how fast this action is happening and how strong these human beings are that you have to like precisely execute these fine details of like the angle of your arm and your your hip leverage, like to be able to, for that to be so common and so second nature to you, for you to be able to execute within those circumstances, like goodness gracious, like it is such a, it's such a simple game on one hand, but the finer points of it, man, you just, I gained such an appreciation of that listening to Aaron Donald last night. And I mean, how is Aaron Donald, not every person in the world's man crush, right? Holy smokes, this guy, man. So real quick, piggybacking off of that. I think that's, 
you watch these NFL game pass film sessions and so many of them, Brian Baldinger and, and Kurt Warner, they're sitting down or if they're the older ones, Ron, Ron Jaworski was in there. They're asking players, you know, this play, did you know what was coming beforehand? Joe, every single time the answer is yes. Yep. Yep. Everybody knows what's coming before the snap. So it's like you talking about the intricacies of a single hip shoot and hand thrust and how many different ways that can be done. If you don't know, if you haven't mastered the mental side of the game to understand pre-snap what you're going to have to call upon because you don't know what play's coming, you're totally in the dark and you're totally guessing, you're going to be paralyzed by all of the possible things that you could do from a technique perspective on any given play. So it's based on tight end alignment or a plus two yard split from an outside wide receiver Mm -hmm. and the cornerback reading that to understand what routes he can attack you with. And it makes it an a or B proposition. That pre-snap side of the game is such a heavy and significant part of how these elite players play elite because they almost always know what the play is before it happens. It's amazing. Trey Trey White had his yesterday, and it was exactly that. It's like, yeah, he took this split. It was condensed. It was tight. He was the Y instead of the Z, and it meant this. And it's like, I just ran the route for him. Right, and it's third (laughs) and six, so I know what concept they're going to try and hit me with. It's unbelievable. I have one hot take for hard knocks, and, man, this is going to feel weird saying this. The house that Jalen Ramsey looked at looked awful to me. Yeah, you, I thought that was I, awful. I, I was going to say, like, you better sign a big-ass deal because if you're, if you're grabbing that house – 31 probably, acres. I mean, 31 acres, and he's talking about, no, nah, I'd probably tear all this up and get a pool. Just buy a house with a pool. <laughs> Don't buy the house in the <laughs> – Unless you value the property and the location of the property. It's the only thing that was like, yeah, that would make sense. And maybe just because the aesthetics of what I'm normal, like used to looking at, like the landscapes on the East Coast that look familiar to me. Like, I'm just like, this just looks like it's in the middle of nowhere, like with well, nothing yeah, it's around you. 31 acres. You got rattlesnake holes just randomly everywhere. Like, I don't know, man. Like, the amount the of whole money yard this guy's going to dump. <laughs> yeah, whole yard cement. The amount of money this guy's going to dump in this house, which is, look, something I'll never have, right? I mean, I, I got to respect that there's a massive d- discrepancy between, you know, reality for me and Jalen Ramsey. I just don't think if I had that type of funds, I, this would be the house I'd be looking at. Kyle, the yes. best tasting protein bar that I've ever had is mm. back and better than ever. I'm talking about Built Bar. They have a newly ra- launched product line. And it is unbelievable. They have 18 amazing flavors and six new flavors. Check these out. Caramel, brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond, Chris Kyle. I've got three boxes on the way to the house right now. They have, oh, you do. Oh, brother. Of course I do. They have the new formulas, like the, 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 the new uh, different type of uh, ingredients and, and uh, the way that the bars are going to be even better, like the consistency, the texture, they're bigger bars. So if you had them in the past, they're about to be even better. Built Bars are extremely healthy for you. They're great for anyone who is health conscious, whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or you just want to indulge in something delicious. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for anyone that's on the keto diet right now. If you make a purchase, you get a free cooler. So check that out. It's a great little perk. 
And while supplies last, you got to make sure you take advantage of that because not everyone's going to get a free cooler. So get on there, place your order. And oh, by the way, we got a deal for you. 10 bucks off your next order with promo code LOCKDOWN. So if you use that promo code in the past to get the 10 bucks off your first order, it's activated again for your next order, 10 bucks off. Go to BuiltBar.com and enjoy the best tasting protein bar that you'll ever have. And it's now even better. All right, Kyle. We did the pre-show before the show or the show before the show. We but did. It, yeah, we got to unleash this because this, we, wind, we didn't even plan on talking about this, but. Well, well, hold on. I wasn't done with hard knocks. Oh, you weren't done with hard knocks. I want to talk right. about snap counts. Okay. Did you enjoy oh, that? Oh, Herbert. Yeah, yeah, Herbert versus Tarot and, and the cadences and, yeah. and Coach Lynn calling him over and uh, kind of talking about if you want to be, you know, subtle with him, be subtle with them both. If you want to be loud with them, be loud with them both. Uh, but that was – that always takes me back to uh, the year that the Dolphins were on. I, I promise I'm not talking about – or coming up with excuses to talk about the Dolphins. But the year that the Dolphins were on, Mike Sherman was the offensive coordinator. And every time the Dolphins had a cadence of go, it was a run. And every time it was go, go, it was a pass. And team said, we watched Hard Knocks and picked up on that during Hard Knocks. And it killed them the entire season. And they never changed it. Mm. So, like, it's just a great example of, again, like the, the nuances and intricacies in the deeper levels of the game. If you're more urgent with your pass cadence, they're going to find you, just like Coach Lynn said. Yes. And the transition, right? So, at Oregon – He's just clapping, right? All the checks come from the sideline, right. claps, snap the ball. Like, it's a great tangible opportunity for us to see what that transition looks like when we talk about, you know, the transition and acclimation that these guys have to the NFL level. Like, that layer to it is something that matters, and it's a different part of your inventory going to the line of scrimmage that you've never had to think about previously. And, you know, I, I think Justin is – extremely talented but one thing that was kind of noted about him throughout the process is that he's a little bit I wouldn't say a very assertive person and he's he kind of I wouldn't say passive but you know he's not very like just he, he needs to become more outgoing and take charge and take command and I think you know look we're not seeing the full puzzle you know obviously just watching glimpses of it but like I do think what we were able to see kind of highlights that and that being a big part of his growth and him being ready to take the reins of an NFL offense uh, is all of those little details that is going to help him to kind of have to fight some of his normal tendencies. I, I do think he generally speaking has been portrayed very favorably by hard knocks. Do you agree? I think so. Yeah. I mean, especially showing just what he can do with his arm. We knew that though. Right. I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little mesmerized by the second deep ball that he threw on yesterday's where it was like the slow-mo shot of the ball in the air. Yeah. And it's like this, sweet. this thing is on a string. There's no, no yeah. wobble on this ball at all. Um, but they said it best when they were going through that. They said, you know, until you got live bullets, yeah. no matter. And, and that's, that's always going to be the book on Herbert is well, how do you handle pressure? That was the big question, and how natural is it for you to succeed with pressure or have success with pressure? Joe, anything else from you on Hard Knocks? I know you were ready to get into these 
tight ends and, and yeah. discussion here from a fan a little tedian fantasy quasi crossover here on dudes without all the tdm fantasy folks first of all dude freaking page just up and stealing our entire concept or 100 episodes deep in you know one of the signature staples of the oh, draft what they, dudes. what they do i didn't see this takes on takes oh no you missed this yesterday no i missed oh, it. brother yeah they up and stole takes on takes and page comes out and says yep when I'll let you know right now, I'm stealing this from Joe and Kyle. I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want. Well, she's not wrong, unfortunately. But, man, it's like I felt some sort of way listening to this. It's a cold world. I'll tell you. You just, you know, wow. You think you know somebody. You think you know somebody. Yeah. But anyways, so I don't even know how we got into this conversation. We were talking about, like, Eric Rowe and him being – good at defending tight ends and so this sparked like all right well what teams are good at defending tight ends in the nfl which ones aren't and so i pulled up the data in terms of receiving yards and touchdowns and receptions and targets uh, in 2019 against each defense and the two worst teams in the nfl last year at guarding tight ends the two teams that conceded the most yards were the arizona cardinals and Seattle Seahawks. What's the theme here? Well, hmm. well, there's there's a lot to get into. First of all, how about this is an NFC West that you have to deal with Mr. George Kittle and, you know, obviously Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett for the Rams. Some tough, some tough assignments right there. But what did those two teams do this offseason? Arizona drafted Isaiah Simmons, who should help with guarding tight ends and I don't know if you know this or not, but the Seahawks just gave up two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. You could see the the why these teams made those moves. They, I mean, the Cardinals gave up 1,148 yards and 16 touchdowns to tight ends. The no tight other ends. team. Yeah, 16. The 16. Browns gave up 10. That was the next closest. Everyone Holy else was under now. 16. And Seattle gave up 1,099 yards and six touchdowns to tight ends last year. And no, so I, I do have an interesting layer here, Joe. A little plot yeah, twist. Please. please. George Kittle only played each team one time last year. Holy smokes. So now take, take how bad it was and make it even worse. <laughs> 16 touchdowns to tight ends. Well, that's you talk about ultimate chess pieces and x factors and isaiah simmons was the ultimate x factor in the 2020 nfl draft from a defensive perspective you know he's that swiss army knife you can play him anywhere i got a feeling arizona's working him almost exclusively at linebacker thus thus far the reason why is they probably want him in the box so they could put his big long frame and athleticism directly over top of tight ends now, here's the problem. What happens if they run at him? Homeboy better uh, thud up. Like, if they go under front, hypothetically, and he is head up on the tight end, and they go off tackle at him, how's that going to go? Not necessarily the man's strength. He's going to have to, you know, slip and undercut blocks and or so, show did, a better did, ability did, to take on contact that he did at Clemson. Did we just poke a hole here in Isaiah Simmons in year one and say this is a concern for us? 
Yeah, because I think I, I liked him best as a Mike, um, but I don't know if that's his best position right away. So let me see. I'm pulling up the Cardinals def- or Cardinals schedule last year. 16 touchdowns, two tight ends. Lions, Ravens, Panthers, Seahawks, Bengals, Falcons. Mark Andrews, Austin Hooper, best two tight ends in that group. Yeah. Giants, Saints, 49ers, Buccaneers, 49ers, uh, Rams, Steelers, Browns, Seahawks, Rams. Where the uh, hell? Ari- where the hell are sixteen touchdowns here? Arizona gave up two hundred and eight fantasy points. Wow! To tight ends last year. Stream. The, the next closest. The, the next closest one forty-seven. Sixty-one points. Um. The the fun part of this discussion is we talk about Arizona and Seattle as the two worst defenses against tight ends last year. Do you know who the best was? No. San Francisco 49ers. So they're out there torching teams with George Kittle, and other teams can't do anything against them with their tight end. Yeah. because Well, first of all, let's give credit where credit's due. The safety group and Fred Warner for San Francisco. Yeah, Jakiski's Tart and Jimmy Ward, yep. That's a huge – presence and number of different ways that they can choose to come at you from a coverage perspective. Indeed. Well, let's give a shout out to the other top defenses against tight ends, mostly so I can give a credit to the bills. Uh, 49ers, number one, (laughs) the bills, number two, 557 yards and five touchdowns. The uh, 49ers gave up 552 yards and six touchdowns. The Ravens, 575 yards and three touchdowns. It'll be interesting to see how they respond now with Ben back in that division and Cleveland that's going to be 12 personnel heavy with, uh, you know, Hooper and, and Njoku. Um, and then the Steelers, 669 yards and eight touchdowns. And the Chargers, 600, 672 and six touchdowns. Those were your top five defenses against tight ends last year. Joe, we have something to get into with the Chargers. But before we do, between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings your food that you're craving right now directly to your front door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and the food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at the door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero in delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your and zero in delivery fees for your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, LOCKEDON is the code, $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So Joe, you mentioned the Chargers were top five against opposing tight ends last year. They were. And in, Kyle, a, in a division in which you already have to play Travis Kelsey twice, you have to play Darren Waller twice. Yep. And Fant. And Noah Fant, who is a budding young tight end. Mm-hmm. And they were top five last year. And now you're getting Derwin James back. And Chris Harris is now part of And Chris Harris too. is now part of your defense. The Chargers were really good against the pass last year 
in general. They against quarterbacks last year, they conceded 3,374 yards, which was the third fewest in the NFL. Um, I mean, they they gave up 21 touchdowns, had 11 interceptions. I mean, all around very solid. And you, you got to love the pass rush with Bosa and, and Ingram. Now, I don't think they got much else. I think that's kind of the concern with uh, with the Chargers is like they had 29 sacks last year. But I think they all came from those two guys. Right, so they I was need... going to say that's a that's a low number when you consider you got those two guys. And <laughs> yeah, that's yeah they're going to need somebody else. Jerry Tillery, hello, sir. Why don't you step up this year? That'd be helpful. Uh, but you know, maybe we, maybe this Chargers defense needs needs some love here. They got a really talented secondary, two dynamic pass rushers, some young guys uh, at defensive tackle. You know, second level, we'll see. They they made a big move up the board to get, um, like Murray. Why can't I not think of his first name from Kenneth? Oklahoma? Kenneth, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see that come together. They have a little bit more there brewing than, than maybe people give them credit for. I'm just glad you had your Jarrell Casey moment. Did I? Yeah, anytime I go to talk about Jarrell Casey, I can't remember his name, remember? Oh, yeah. So now you, Kenneth Murray is your Jarrell Casey. Because I forgot one time? You've been forgetting Casey's first name for years. No, I just I, – <laughs> It totally. I, I, they traded this interior defense. Uh, uh. <laughs> no idea. I have no idea. Name? I have no idea. How so, many football players are in my mind? You know, <laughs> billions. Jeez, man. Um. So, yeah, I guess the the age old solution to coverage versus pass rush is just having both. The Chargers have them both. Defense is going to have a lot of success this year. And it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, they did go out and trade up and, and add a first-round linebacker, but that second level is not where they're going to hang their hats. And you're starting to see te- more and more teams, Joe, kind of adopt that. Yeah. So is this going to be the trend? Because, well, we, we're only going to play so much base defense anyway. We're going to be in a ton of nickel and three safety. So who the hell cares if we don't have any good linebackers because we're not going to play with more than two linebackers on the field tops anyway. Yeah, just get two good ones. Let's turn this back to the Cardinals. The Cardinals, awful last year against the pass. Um, They were 31st in the NFL in total. They gave up 4,785 yards, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions last season against That's the most wild stat. 38 touchdowns? 38 touchdowns to seven interceptions. A negative 31 TDINT ratio for your defense. Like even the the Dolphins gave up 39 touchdowns, but they had 13 interceptions. Well, I think they got them all in the second half of the year, too. Like, <laughs> Even when you level it out, man, you know, because I think Cardinals fans will, sell, will say something about Pat Pete not being around to start the year. For six games, yeah. Yeah. Which is so, fair. Which is fair. So my but, question is, this Arizona team, who I think he, they have some fans going into this next year, have they done enough on defense to make up the ground that they need to be a competitive football team? No, I, I really don't think so, to be completely honest with you. I mean, it's it. Chandler Jones is still here. Chandler Jones is still a stud. Pat Pete is still here. Buda Baker is still really good. Byron Murphy, really promising young talent. So but what's they different? They don't have the horses up front. This is what they did this offseason to improve their defense. Obviously, drafting Isaiah Simmons. They signed Devondre Campbell, Devin Kennard, Jordan Phillips, Trayvon Coley. That's that none of those players move the needle for me as like that's really gonna help their defense. I'm sorry, it's not. It's not. Now do the offensive line. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did we do? We re-signed DJ Humphreys and drafted Josh Jones in the third round? That's it. So it's That's like it. all, all of the areas in which Arizona was problematic last year, you got marginally better on defense. And, and granted, Isaiah Simmons might be the X factor that he needs to be in the long term. But as a rookie, who you're going to play him at linebacker, and he was much more of a space hybrid defender at Clemson, a little worried. I'm a little worried about well, what we're forecasting on a team that has an offense that's going to go some air raidy concepts. They're not a true air raid offense by any means, but they're also going to play fast. You're going to wear your own defense out. Chip Kelly effect. Remember how bad it got for the Eagles defense when Chip Kelly was there, regardless that they ran far and away the fastest tempo and, and most plays in the game uh, of, of any NFL team. Defense was horrible by the end of mm-hmm. it, by that mm-hmm. three-year experiment. Well, and, and let's not act like Vance Joseph has a great resume of coaching defense in the NFL. No. The one year he was a DC in Miami, 2016, that defense was 29th in the NFL. Then he goes to Denver, and he inherits wonderful defensive personnel. He has the number three defense and the number 22 defense in 2017 and 2018. 2019, 32nd with the Cardinals. So his two years outside of Denver, 29, well, 32, even and had one back. Yeah, it, 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 it fell apart in the second season. And he wasn't even – he was the head coach. So his two seasons in the NFL as a D.C., his defenses went 29 and 32. <laughs> it's like – is he this having is the time of his life, though? Yeah, he is. There's, there's no He's question Having the about time it. of his life. That's great. No question. That's great. Joe, I think we're done here. Yeah. Imagine being worried that, that only two concepts were not going to be enough for us to fill a show. You never know. <laughs> never. Well, that is going to do it for us today. So tomorrow on the show, we're back. And then tomorrow night, we have our second live show of the week with Would You Rather, episode three. Uh, Joe, let's make sure we don't overlap any hypotheticals this time like we did last <laughs> week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. Periscope, YouTube, Facebook Live, The Draft Network, 8 p.m. tomorrow night on Thursday night. But you have a show coming tomorrow morning as well to keep an eye out for. So Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, thanks as always for listening. And we hope to see you then. <laughs>